By his own idolatry and by his wife's influence and her idolatry, so much so that when he saw Elijah, he saw Elijah as the barrier and the one who was troubling Israel, when in reality it was he that was troubling Israel. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Ahab was easily the worst, most ungodly king that Israel ever had. Yet he did not hesitate to blame the godly prophet Elijah for the problems of Israel. If Ahab would at least stop the act of persecution of the people of God, God would relent in the drought. But the wicked king of Israel found it easier to blame the godly prophet. According to his theology, it made sense for Ahab to blame Elijah. Ahab believed in Baal so much that his government promoted the support of Baal worship and persecuted the worshipers of Yahweh. Sounds the same as what the world does to Jesus worshipers today. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching already in progress. As we go forward, but to be able to speak boldly, but kindly and respectfully to that power, whoever it is, to our governor of this state. If we had an opportunity to speak to her, we'd better do it with respect, but to speak the truth and love. And we don't need to raise our voice and stamp our feet and cut ourselves. We can be honest and direct and kind, even though the truth is going to cut very deep. And I believe that's what Elijah did with Ahab. And so now Obadiah says, Elijah, how have I sinned? Are you going to deliver me into the hand of Ahab to kill me? And he says, there is no nation or kingdom where Ahab has not sent someone to hunt for you. In other words, Ahab... Uh, had put out a contract on Elijah's head. Yes, this is like a modern-day Chicago back in the time of Prohibition with the, with the Mafia. And really no different here. Really no different. A contract was out on his head. And he says, now you tell me, go tell your master, Elijah's here. And it shall come to pass, he said, as soon as I am gone from you, that the Spirit of the Lord is going to carry you to a place I do not know. And it's kind of interesting, well, let me finish the verse. He says, so when I go and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he's going to kill me then. But I, the Lord, I, your servant, excuse me, have feared the Lord from my youth. And a couple of things for us to look at here. Number one is, there was evidently some understanding that God was going to take Elijah in some kind of supernatural way. And that evidently had been spread abroad. You know, maybe from the school of the prophets that Elijah had. We don't really know. There was something going on about God was going to take this man at a certain time, and they were all curious of when that might be. And so there was this rumor floating around that that was going to happen. And so Obadiah is saying, 
Can you chain yourself to this terebinth tree? <laughs> Can you chain yourself here? Because I don't want you to go anywhere. Of course, if God's going to take you, he'll take the tree with it. So, And also notice that this man, Obadiah, had a great reverence uh, of the Lord from his youth. From his youth, yes, since he was a little boy, this young man had a reverence for God. And it's important, isn't it, that we train and bring up our kids in a godly way. What does the scripture tell us? It tells us in Proverbs 22, verse 6, we know this. Train up a child in the way he would go, should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And now Obadiah is getting older, and he's not forgetting about the Lord. Daniel was a young man, a, a very, probably just barely a teenager, maybe, when he got led captive into Babylon. And what does this young man do? He has an exemplary character and refuses the king's meat. He refuses to bend to the pagan idolatry of Babylon, but rather he holds his relationship with God to such a great value that he's not willing to forfeit it. He's rather, he'd rather go into the, 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 the fiery furnace. He'd rather go into, uh, actually for him, it was the, the den of lions. He'd be willing, he's willing rather to do those things than to rebel against the Lord. And guess what? He didn't even have the Spirit of God indwelling him. <laughs> like you and I have. We're born again today because we have the Spirit of God in us. Think of that. I marvel at Daniel. What a great young man. But, you know, but young people, come to the Lord. Come to the one who truly loves you and is not fake or phony like all of your friends, many of your friends anyway. He's not phony. He's not fake. He only has the best for you. And we must remember that Jesus loves you. He loves you. And you are being ripped off by the devil. The devil is ripping you off like you've never seen before, and you think it's fun and games, and that everybody's doing it, it's okay. It's no big deal. It's only a cultural thing. Well, let me tell you that the devil has a very, he's got control over the culture here in America, very much so. So dare to be a Daniel. Dare to be like this Obadiah. Even though he's in an ungodly place, an ungodly environment, he still holds fast to the word of God. He still holds fast to God. He holds fast to Jesus. He's like, like a young kid holding on to the father's leg as he's trying to walk through the house. A little, little guy has got his hand around his dad's leg and his dad is lifting him up and, and walking around the house with his son on his foot. Let's be like that to the Lord, shall we? I like that thought. And you know what? God's got pretty big feet. I think he can handle it. And so was it not reported uh, to my Lord what I did when, I, when, um, when Jezebel killed the prophets? And so here he begins to rehearse for Elijah uh, how he had prepared uh, bread and water and hid these hundred prophets into two different caves of 50. And then notice what it says in verse 15. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand. Underline that. The Lord, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely or present myself to him, to Ahab today. I love this. As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand. Notice the authority that Elijah stood before as he, opposed to, as he was opposed to Ahab. There's no comparison. He, he stands before God. He doesn't stand before King Ahab. I think one is more important than the other. Maybe just a little bit, don't you think? 
God Almighty versus this ungodly man. And then notice, I will surely present myself to him today. Notice the confidence that Elijah has as he's going to meet Ahab that very day. And why does he have that confidence? Because God told him. If God tells you something, you, have, you can have all the confidence that you are going to be there. Because what does it say in, in the first verse here? God told him to Elijah, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So there is something important for us to glean here. And that is when God says he's going to do something, you can rest assured he's going to follow through with it. And he doesn't want you to do it tomorrow. If he told you to go see Ahab today, I think it means today. And, a- and Elijah knew that. So if God told him to meet Ahab, there's, I'm not going anywhere because God wants me to be with him and to give this message. So he has every bit of confidence and he certainly encouraged the confidence of Obadiah who's thinking, huh, he's going to be taken away from me and then I'm going to get killed. But no. Again, trust the Lord and he will direct your steps. He'll keep you safe if he has told you, don't be afraid to step out in faith. Don't be afraid to step out in faith. What does the Bible tell us in Hebrews 11, verse 6? But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, he who comes to God has to believe that he is who he says he is. That he is God Almighty. If I believe that, happy am I. (laughs) He who comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those, what? who diligently seek him. That means it requires diligence. I can't just kind of do it lazily. No, i got to pursue him. We need to pursue God. Pursue him. And yes, pray. But there's a time that you have to step out of the boat and walk on the water. There are times in my life where I was presented with an opportunity you know, that the Lord had, had given me and he'd give me strength to step out, and, but, but I needed to step out. I needed to go through with it. I couldn't just do it in my mind, intellectually. No, I had to do it. And the, things, the thing that's true is you may not see and experience great things that God does until you do step out in faith. If you find that your life is kind of boring and you're wondering where the power of God is, maybe you haven't stepped out in faith in quite a long time. Because I can guarantee you when you do, when, you're, when you step out in real faith and God does something, you're going to be totally floored. And I know that he's done that in my life. And I know he's done it in your lives too. But there's an exhilaration when you are at the end. I remember going in before when the Lord called me into the ministry here at the church back in 2002. Um you know, just to be, to be at the church here full time, and I had to go in and talk to my boss. And I went into him after having this great, so far, this really great career at Xerox. I had a great, you know, it was a good company to work for at the time. And I had to walk into his office, and he thought that I came there for a raise. And so, because that's what everybody does. If, if you make an appointment with your boss, it's because you want more money. So he sits down and he, uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So let me just say this. When you step out like that and you've got, and, and you put it all on the line and you see what God does, because I left that day and I was scared to death because I just kind of put a terminus to my career. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to follow and do what you want me to do. And it was scary. I remember pulling off alongside the road there on Jefferson Road right before I got on the exit to, 
the 390, and I, I, I was overwhelmed. And I pulled over and I wept like a child. Because <laughs> I was scared to death. I'm like, Lord, what did I do? And he was assuring me and encouraging me. And I had this wonderful, crazy fear and yet love at the same time. It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. But I knew he was with me, and that was all I needed. But a pool of tears because I was scared to death and yet exhilarated at the same time. I have no idea. That was amazing. But notice in verse 17, and and so um, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And then finally in verse 17, it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Ahab had become so poisoned by his own idolatry and by his wife's influence and her idolatry, so much so that when he saw Elijah, he saw Elijah as the barrier and the one who was troubling Israel, when in reality it was he that was troubling Israel. And see, Satan loves to convince unbelievers that they are doing a great thing, even doing a great thing for humanity. But in actuality... They are serving Satan and his selfish, wicked deeds. You know, we see that right now with the abortion issue, don't we? People crying out, my body, my choice. It's health care, it's health care, it's health care. They keep pounding on that, and they can do that all they want. Just like the prophets of Baal are up there on the altar that we've already read, and they're cutting themselves, trying to get an answer from their God. And God, God, Jehovah, he's like, everybody be silent because, and he's got control over all the demons. He can, he can hush them up. Healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. It's it's my body, my choice. And he's he's very happy, Satan is. He's blinded so many, just as he did Ahab. Blinding them. I would encourage you to read the first uh, Romans chapter 1. We don't have time to go there tonight, but look at Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18 to the end of that chapter. And you put it into context where we're at here, and it'll it says a lot. And it speaks clearly to us today. And Elijah answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. In fact, that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now, everything that he said here is true. It was truthful. He was speaking truth to this authority. Don't ever think that God doesn't want you to speak truth to authority. You have to do it in the right way, and you have to do it respectfully. But how are they going to be held accountable? What, What did he use the prophets for? To speak truth to authority. And so we need to do the same. To be respectful. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go up there with a fake smile, but we need to have control of ourselves. Proverbs tells us that a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes that's the way to do it. Sometimes it is a soft answer that turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. And and sometimes there's no way around what you're saying. It's going to provoke somebody. And if you do it in love and if you do it with the right heart, it can come across. And, And regardless of how you present that truth, you may still get the business on the other side. But we need to do our best to present it well and with the authority of Christ in our life and how we do it, how we do it. It's not enough to know what to speak, but also when to speak. That is something that we need to be walking in the Spirit to accomplish. And so pray for your own life, right? That we would walk in such a way and understand what to say, how to say it, when to say it. All of these things are critical. What to say, when to say it, and how to say it. 
Because I can have the the right things to say, but if I say it in a wrong way, it can provoke a a certain response. And yet I can, if I do these things right and I really bathe it in prayer whenever I have to do something like this, I need to be thinking. I need to be led by the Spirit at the moment and let Christ be the one using me. And then if they get mad, that's their problem. Because that may happen. And you may not have done anything wrong. But I know this, if my flesh is involved and I'm really giving them the business and I'm pointing the finger and I'm yelling and screaming, I'm probably going to get the business right back. Anybody recognize that? Happened to anybody? Yes, it has. Now notice verse 19. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel, Elijah tells to Ahab, to Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Now, this Mount Carmel is up in the area on the uh, coast of Israel, uh, directly west of the Sea of Galilee. And this is one of the places we go when we go to Israel as well. And the Kishon River is right there. Um, It's dried up today, but that's where the, the location that Elijah killed these prophets And so Ahab, verse 20, sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If Lord is God, if Jehovah is God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. In other words, make up your mind. See, God always gives us a choice to follow him or to follow our own heart. And often if we follow our own heart, it will lead us astray. What does the Bible tell us in Jeremiah 17, verse 9? It's the one that we know so well. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? And then God, in the same passage, the very next verse in Jeremiah 17, he answers, who can know this wicked heart of mine? And God says, I do. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, notice, according to the fruit of his doings. But God always gives us an opportunity to choose. And isn't that what love is? If I don't have a choice, then it's not love. If I tell my wife or whatever, you must do this, then I'm not really honoring her, am I? I'm not loving her. I'm overlording it on her. I'm manipulating her. I'm making her do something. God doesn't want us to do that. But God, speaking speaking concerning Judah in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, he says this, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be whiter as snow. And though they are red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. And notice in verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, notice the conditional response, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. There's a choice, isn't there? Is it going to be Baal, Baal, or is it going to be Jehovah? You guys have got to make up your mind. Now is the time to make up your mind. God would say in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, and God tells us, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. He he tells us the right answer. Make the right answer. Do the right thing. Choose him because he knows all things. He created all things and he knows all things. I want to know the mind of God because if he's created all things and he knows all things, I want to know him. I want to leg up in this world. 
And do you know, Christian, as you know and, and study the word of God, you have a leg up on everybody else in the entire world. You know about Jesus. You know what's coming. You know what's happening. You're not confounded like everybody else. Verse 22, it says, Elijah said to the people, I'm, I, I'm, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. And, and that may or may not be true. We know that there's a hundred prophets that were uh, taken into those uh, caves. And, and the Lord would say later on, I've got 7,000 others who have not bowed the knee to Baal. He will, he'll say that to them in the next chapter. And so, remember, they, they, give, they take two bulls, and one bull, they, they, they build the altar, and they don't put any fire underneath it. And then Elijah, and, and so they're, they're calling on their, the name of their gods. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it. And so they did. But notice in verse 26, and here they are calling upon Baal, trying to provoke him to do something, and there was no voice, and no one answered. No one answered. Now this is a direct confrontation between God and Baal because they claim that Baal was the god of the storm, the god of the the rain, the god of fertility. And they're claiming that he is controlling this drought. But God is saying, no, I'm the one who spoke and caused the drought to occur. And when I'm ready, that's when it's going to end. And that's exactly what happens. And here they would serve this Baal, this man. I love what it says in Psalm 115. It's speaking of idols. Uh, the author says, Their idols are silver and, silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they don't speak. Eyes they have, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Noses they have, but they do not spell. They do not smell, excuse me. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Neither do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in him. But I love this. God says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye who fear the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I love that. What a wonderful contrast between the gods of this age and God, Jesus Christ. Our great Father in heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so at noon, they, you know, they're still crying and trying to get on their thing, and Elijah begins to mock at them. You know, I, I kind of often think, you know, if he's in a hammock, you know, with a toothpick, you know, picking his teeth and going, hey, maybe your God is busy. Maybe he's on a journey somewhere. You might want to text him. I think, you know, maybe he's got his notifications turned off. You know, send him an, another text message. He's not listening. And so they cried aloud, and now to even show more of their devotion to their false god, they begin to cut themselves, which is their custom, with lances and knives, and the blood is gushing out. And just think of how ridiculous this is. And yet that's what people do today. To prove that their god is who they are, they gotta, they got to pick it. they got to go out and, and prove to, to their god that they are devoted. they got to throw Molotov cocktails into businesses to prove to their god that their devotion it's to him, to the God of abortion. <laughs> yeah. It's what it is. Same spirit. Same spirit. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.